Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Victor Rubio. And I'm Nat. Really? <laughs> Just wanted to change it up a little bit okay. today. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Nat. <laughs> and today we are here to discuss episode el- episode four of season 11, <laughs> titled <laughs> Bomb Shelter. Um, this is the, uh, do you know what the word penultimate means? Nope. Penultimate means the the second to last episode. So the finale is obviously called the finale. Yeah. So this is the penultimate episode. Good word, Victor. Um, I, I don't think you pay attention as much to this stuff as I do, but like <laughs> the penultimate episode of a series of a season, like usually sets up all the groundwork for the finale. Hmm. Uh, and all my favorite TV shows, the penultimate episode is usually my favorite episode because there's like so much more going on than the finale. Uh, thoughts on this episode? Loved before, it. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> no, it was else? much better than the last one. You said you already warned me that these last last two episodes were going to be really good, and they were. Mm-hmm. This one had me. Um, this one has me thinking. I was, I was almost going to watch the next episode today too, but mm-hmm. then I figured I'd end up talking about it, so I didn't. Just because I want to see what happens. Do you still not know? Remember what happens with Hoyt? Okay. Barb's oh. husband. I know. What don't I know it. something, okay. but I don't know the outcome of it. So okay. that's why I'm like hyped to see the next episode. Right. See it come out. Okay. We, we are recording rather quick. Um, com- we recorded episode 11, The Black Forest, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now we're recording Bomb Shelter Tuesday because the, the holidays are ramping up and we're both busy. We're, we are so busy these upcoming days and weeks. I just how... Listen, can we record tomorrow night too? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had time to whatever. It's a wrap. <laughs> um, it's funny because the reason... I had this planned out since, God, probably season two when we are recording that. I wanted this last episode to be the Monday before like all the holidays start. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. When you release an episode like on the holidays, it doesn't get listened to. People are just like... They just have a routine. If you think about like in a holiday, you're yeah. just out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but this should give enough time. And it's just funny because what happened with Hurricane Irma. Yeah. We just got, not, not it, this, we didn't get displaced. No, I'm just saying it like, off. it threw like a wrench and everything. Uh, so all that being said, I guess we could get into. Also, just so you know, the last time that I was here, I watched you edit as I did my laundry. And I got to say, you put a lot of work into this. I'm really proud of you. If anyone has a podcast, you know, record. I didn't realize how much, how much you have to put into it. So. Here's what's funny. Uh, and, and I want to talk about it a little bit cause, uh, Colton, mm-hmm. he, he was talking to me about wanting, and I've gotten a few of it, a few, a few requests of just like, Oh, I want to start my own podcast. Like, what could you give me? Whatever. Uh, watching the episode is fun. Let me say this too. And this is, this is how we d- decided that the power is going to be. You're going to be the co-host and you, you essentially show up. <laughs> do your superstar thing and I've then you leave star. well you're a superstar show up late do a superstar thing <laughs> do laundry use your grill and then I'm out of here <laughs> um but you know 
to me, watching the episode is fun. I watch the episode twice. Once just to take it in, second mm-hmm. time to do notes. Recording is fun, what it, we're doing now. Yeah. Editing, anyone who has a podcast, and I, I can relate it to a bunch of other stuff. Editing is just like, you have to listen to everything and just make sure everything went perfect. And it's a lot of like, mm-hmm. it's just re-listening to everything, making sure everything went well, whatever. Um, that's why this, this thing is almost like a part-time job. Because if you listen, that's two hours yeah. just to watching. Yeah. An hour recording. Yeah. And then like a little bit. That's four hours every week of my week of, yeah. you know, and the Who hours we already it, put in at work or whatever. Um, when this one ends, do you think we could do Golden Girls podcast? <laughs> I was going to ask you today. Digging Golden Girls? <laughs> I think that would that be sounds beautiful. like a porno. <laughs> I'm like binge watching it again for the 500th time in my life. All right, you got anything interesting to add? <laughs> okay, I'm done. Just, That's it? <laughs> I'm just thinking that that could be the next podcast venture. I know you got Dexter going with Marissa, and then you can have a so you could have two going digging Golden Girls and digging Dexter. Let me say this while we're at it. Uh, I am going to be recording a podcast with Neil of uh, nitpicking the next generation fame. Neil McGarry's been a guest on the podcast a few times, and they have invited me to be a guest on their podcast. They are doing Star Trek, and they have. Nice. I so we had an episode where I brought someone on who's never watched the show and it was a terrible podcast because they were like yeah that dude was cool but what was up and I had it that half the podcast was me explaining mm-hmm. uh they're having me on to almost do the same exact thing I've never watched Star Trek huge Star Wars fan like Star Trek the movie or Star Trek the, the next series. generation which oh. is like a series that took oh, place so what are you gonna do when no what how are you gonna do this then I'm gonna what do you mean like, have you been watching it? No, I'm good. They oh. only want me to watch one episode. Oh. And then just like, their podcast is hilarious because it's called literally Nitpicking okay. the Next Generation. So they just nitpick. And it's hilarious. It's a great podcast. If you're somewhat a Star Trek fan, if you've ever watched it, uh, definitely go check out Neil's podcast, Nitpicking the Next Generation. And it's just kind of, it's almost like a comedy hour of just how much they rip apart the show. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're going to have me on and I'm going to come into it like, that dude looks stupid, this, whatever. Um, but that's that's going to come out on December 31st, obviously, um, actually. Good for so, you. Uh, okay, so I guess we could get into this episode. Did you pick up on any themes of, of what this episode is? So you just you, you just watched the episode. Okay. You, the, every, every, this the is, theme this I is, picked up on was losing family. Was that good? Was that good? Uh, losing family. Um, or losing it. You're, you're, you're somewhat in the, in the realm. I'm still reeling from getting over this sickness. Um, I think to even like what the episode is called being bomb shelter, the idea of you spend so much time worrying about what might happen that it might as well already have happened, Mm. you know, because kind of like with uh, David, like he might as well have gotten sued for the way he's acting Mm -hmm. for everything that's happening. He might as well. Nate, he might as well everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Might as well happen because he's like he's telling brother, you know what? No, mm-hmm. let's. I don't want to do this. Whatever. Um, and George, George being the biggest one, like he's going into full disaster mode. That like full disaster mode. Like it might as well just have happened already. Yeah. <laughs> like it, you know. Yeah. Um, but this death capsule. This death capsule is crazy. It's crazy. It's sad. It shook me. No, I didn't. It's sad. As we see in the death capsule, everyone's really occupied. Everyone's in their own world. You even see that there's a funny moment when the boys like play Mortal Kombat. And yeah. Like, oh, you're dead. And <laughs> I whatever. love Mortal Kombat. Um, 
this is crazy that you know they're just driving in this car everyone's doing their own everybody's distracted by technology and i'm gonna need you to talk for a little bit because i have to cough and drink no it's just a really sad situation and i don't even know i mean all the campaigns that they have now going with the don't text and drive don't use your don't use this equipment i mean this is this is sad because this is this is reality how many times do we hear about this i mean in a family of four and you know I just been switching up lately. We usually go into the first scene into the next episode, but yeah. I kind of want to just talk about this the whole way through. And yeah, just when you see that fucking truck hit them, four of them. When you wipes see those out, four names, all the same last name, it just wipes really, out the whole family. Oh, I have never had to serve a family of this capacity by the grace of God. I just, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. Um, I would know what to do. I just don't. I just don't ever have want to encounter it. Hope that never happens. And just to keep with it, that we see the son is in to make arrangements. That's just. I mean, it's again, crazy, it's right? Hollywood. I get it, but that's just for the, just the again the reality. And if I'm nitpicking the show, the uh, the reality is is that this would be one gigantic service that would have to be off site in a rented auditorium. Because of the amount of people that would come, there were two small children there, the schools and everything, and the overwhelming support that that kid would have had to make these arrangements, he would not be sitting there by himself. Well, I, I was, I almost, wouldn't let him be by himself. I almost was laughing at the idea of he's, playing, and again, here we have two funeral directors and one survivor, and one, and they're they're asking that kid, why would that kid even know what burial cremation? Like, I know he knows, but like, how the hell would he know? And it's not like just for his mom; it's, it's for his family. mother, father, sister, brother. That's, that's where's his friends? Where's his? Where's his whomever? I mean, there's just no way. I mean, they, that they child kind of would be they kind there of making arrangements. they kind of said like, oh, I have a uh, an, an aunt and an uncle and a grandmother, grandfather. He has no friends <clears throat> that want to come down with him. I think this show missed a big opportunity of showing how like a funeral director works with all uh-huh. family. That's right. Like, hey, you're going to be the decision maker, right? But why don't you let me talk about this with? Yep. Aunt Smith, Aunt Jane, correct, whatever. Correct. Like, you know, we're going to go through everything. I think they missed a big opportunity to show that because that almost looked intimidating. It was awful. The way the two of them are sitting there and they're not they're not preying on him. Uh-huh. It's just there's decisions that need to be made. And this 17, I mean, what's the biggest thing the 17-year-old kid has had to well, done? Like wait, study was for he, a test. Wait, was he 17? I had him somewhere in that eight. That eight He's drink. not even, he wouldn't even be legally allowed to sit there and, and do this. So He's let's make 18. him, let's, let's make him nine, yeah. let's make him 18 then. There's Still, no way. Like, There's that no doesn't way. even matter. Come on, with all you know, the community, somebody, friends, right. friends, friends of the parents, an right. adult, a friend of the parents, they'd be there to support him. I, I wouldn't let him sit there and make these, I, there's no way. And then they have him in the, in the display room going through the cat, the casket well, cutter looking in the yeah coppers, like the the how the hell would he know he doesn't even know what he's doing and you know let me say i had a friend who had lost both his parents not at the same time but he lost he lost a father and then like 10 years later so he was around 24 or so and he 24 years old now which is a world of difference between 17 years old he couldn't even do it all by himself mm-hmm. there was family and friends who like came in and like yeah. helped him yeah I mean, we're not even talking about the financial part you know no, just the yeah. just the actual part of whatever mm-hmm. um Surprising. You know, it's funny too. Like, how do you even go on with life if you're that kid? You just lost your whole family. Like, like you like, you know, when you have a breakup at that age, you're like, oh my God, my world is over. Mm-hmm. And you know, like shit. His, like his world for the rest of his life, he's never going to have a mother or father, a brother to the bounce just wiped out in one night, you know? Like the house that they were living in, is it gone? His whole life has changed. 
I just, uh, the, the, what's after the funeral, I just, he's never going to be prepared for the reality afterwards. Uh, so our episode starts out with Nate looking at photos. And again, if you've just, again, just one last <laughs> little, uh, clue that we're going to see like how this kind of plays out next week. Uh, Nate says that the, t- that twins are weird. Do you they agree? They smell like bananas. Do you just agree in general that twins are weird? I, I think they're fine. I think twins are a little creepy. Okay. Two pe- there's someone you, and there's someone exactly like you. That's weird. The world gets two of the best people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we learned that Barb and Hoyt are coming down to talk to Nate about Lisa's cremated remains. <laughs> well, they don't know what they're coming in yet for. Well, I, but we know. Yeah. Once they say that they're coming down. It's not going to be good. Um, so Brenda says that, you know, she kind of just drops a line that we're going to have a great kid, and <laughs> Nate just totally ignores it. Uh, we've discussed it a few times, but Brenda is... I mean, this, I, I would, I mean, what could this timeline possibly be where, how long ago did they just move in? Is it a year, you think? Since he moved in? No, of it all. Well, I mean, how how long ago, if you want to say two episodes ago, Nate moved in. Let's, Maybe it's let's just two months, it, right? Let's, let's make it, two months, I'm telling you, is the extreme. Really? Well, because you got to think about it, uh, where we were from last episode to this episode, he bit his ear off. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about with uh, David. Yeah, yeah. They just came. They just came back from uh, the inurnment. Mm-hmm. They weren't sitting there. They hadn't talked to lawyers yet. Barb and Hoyt. So I'm saying it's like how long? Let's say two weeks from the last episode, and let's say two weeks from the episode before that. Let's say a month. And Brenda's already like, they haven't even lived together. Yeah, you but know? they have. They have past relationships. They, they, they do. They do. So it's just sped it up a little. But it's bit. like, how about we let Nate just kind of? How about like you just know if you guys can. I know they can't stand each other, but furthermore, I I don't know. But her point was of their age that it takes them longer to have children. And so they should start now because it could take up to two years. She has a valid point. And she does. But also Nate's just kind of, he's still, let's (laughs) say it's been a year since Mm -hmm. his wife died. Mm -hmm. And she didn't just die. She went like missing. And, you know, we'll, we'll find out. I don't know. I just think it crazy in terms of the timeline and whatnot. We could start with Ruth and George. Yeah. Ruth and George are, are back to normal or, or kind of. And we see that Ruth has a brochure from the Loving Couple Center. What does that word mean? What does tan- tantraic mean? It's tantric. tantric. Yeah. What does it mean? Oh, I figured like you would have known. No, nope, I didn't. I forgot to Google it. I think that's like the, the it's not like the, the sex stages of karma and all that. I'm not sure. Is it? Uh, you're <laughs> you're the, uh, the sexual go-to on this podcast and you know that. <laughs> sexual go-to where did that label come from well because you're like oh grinding the corn i knew what that mean <laughs> so no you know. Know. okay i'll have to look that word up anyways it looks fun and ruth signed them up for it and it's so funny how we see george just kind of stop on a dime from yeah I'll, I'll do that you know let's do this that sounds fun you know where's all your extra water and whatnot you know <laughs> and the walnuts and again, like I said, one second he's agreeing to do anything for Ruth, and the next he, he's you know full blown paranoid mode. Um, it kind of made me sad to see how like excited Ruth was yeah. for it. He has agreed to change, and here she is. Here's the first step. But he did change in two ways. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, he changed for Ruth, but he also changed for like the worst. Yes, and just this yes, he's going full downhill. Blown paranoid mode or whatever. I'm gonna need you to carry me a little bit because my throat is killing do you, me. Do you want to pause this for just a minute? <laughs> 
No. Okay. It, it happens because I, I remember the full blown mode that people were going through with Y2K. Yeah. It yeah. was not like this though. Yeah. People um, were going through it though. And and you know, to, to to talk on how sad it is for Ruth because you see how excited she is when she talks to Claire about it. Yeah. And it's kind of like. Like, oh, look at me. I'm getting a little frisky. Even, but whatever their love sh- workshop they were going together um, to together, even Claire's like, oh, mom. That's why I wanted to know yeah. what it was. And it's funny. She's got a video about the loving couple scenario. Oh, and they, they're all watching oh, it a little bit. Oh, it's that bad really 80s funny. video. Yeah, and so we just see just George going to this full-blown disaster preparation mode. Uh, the funny moment when the... I, I'm calling him a Jehovah's Witness. I know he's not, mm-hmm. but this prophet... Guy. And he just knocks on a funeral home door. I guess he didn't know, right? How do you not know with the big sign outside? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I just love that it's like he, like the preacher got preached by the preachy or something. <laughs> yes, like, you he know, did. He got like shut he down. totally flipped it do on Do you him. get those? Do you get those knocks on your doors here at this apartment? Not in Florida, no. You haven't gotten one? In New York, oh, I have. I get them here all the time. In New York, I have. I just, I, like, I remember the first time it happened to me, I was like, Oh my God, who is this? Like, I thought it was yeah. like someone important. And I was yeah. like, oh, come on. Yeah. They just give it the, the fly or whatever and walk away. But I've yeah. never gotten it here. Really? I get you them get all, all the time. And you know, I have a big gate, so you have to open that to get into my oh, place. So go, wow. So, when, but here's the thing I'm not rude to them. I get, they're sent out to do this. I just simply, you know, say, hello, I'm Jewish. Thank you. And then they, they yeah. like walk away really? when I say that. That's like the big turnoff like for new them. Phone, like, who this? Get out, get out. <laughs> yeah, new phone, who this? And I figured they'd put word on the street, you know, to stay away from my place. But nope, they don't. And George just, I mean, he like eats this guy up because, you know, at the end of it, he's like, let me give you some websites. It turns, get yeah. get out of here and <laughs> go check this out, you know. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. Um, we, we, we see that George ordered these tons of jugs of water mm-hmm. and he got him to the preparation Ew. room closet That's my question gross. is how did no one know this was happening i know those things are heavy actually like those it, are those water cooler jugs you know that you have at the break room yeah how, how did that happen i have no like how did no one know and how did he he cleaned out a closet and moved everything over. Yeah. It just seemed crazy. Everybody just misses. That everyone was just like, um, and that's a lot of water. And then later, they move it to the bomb shelter? Yes. Who did that? Who, uh, I'm I tired just thinking of it. The water magician. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I mean, even by the embalming room and no one, no Nobody one knew about it. it. That's yeah. crazy to me. Uh, when they go into the bomb shelter, I feel like that's the most excited I've ever seen George. Ever. And he's like... He's ecstatic when he's like, this is lined with lead. Yeah. And, and then he's like, this is life. Like, this is like. <laughs> and he said, I can smell life in here. That's what he said. And that's crazy mm-hmm. to like for someone to get that excited over, over excited. A, a bomb shelter, yeah. you know. Um, and there's really, I mean, this is kind of like the crack that's been like shown like the past few episodes of just how. Um, I mean, like Ruth says it like she's like, you know, lately, if it's not one thing, it's another thing with you. Um just that like extreme paranoia. Are you going to, to argue with me again that there's some of George in you? Yes. Actually, you don't, I could tell you're not feeling too hot, so I'm not even going to argue. I'll let you have that tonight. Merry Christmas. You don't. <laughs> That's your Christmas gift. But you could see what I'm talking about, no? No, I have no idea what no? you're talking about. I just, I just know you don't feel good, so I won't let you, or I won't argue with it. Okay. Well, we'll both agree to disagree. And okay, <laughs> I don't think there's anything that's paranoia about me or my personality or anything like that. Um, okay, so let me ask you this then what would you diagnose George as right now? Like, what would you classify if you were like talking to your friends about, like, you know, Ruth is your friend, and mm-hmm. 
she got this new husband, whatever. Like, how would you describe what the hell is going on with George? Um, like beginning stages of senile. Be- That's becoming senile. senile. I think, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to diagnose. I'm not that type of professional. I would just tell Ruth that there's something really off about him right now. Yeah, it's just, it's so strange. Super off. And it's strange too. I'm trying to like piece together if it's like, oh, he had to worry about Ruth and that's why he was acting out. And then now that he's got Ruth back, he just kind of like jumped onto something else. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the, like this gets developed and, and we get to see more of it. But this is what I rem- When I think of the George character, I, I think of him you like remember this. this. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, everything is cool. Um, what are you doing to prepare for an earthquake? It's like, wait, <laughs> what do you mean? There's like, you know, is there yeah. a hurricane coming or whatever? I do know? think that that is a reality in California, though, that they do have to have some type oh, yeah, of but, earthquake preparations. No, they do. Uh, but the thing is, like, the difference between, uh, like, a hurricane and an earthquake is a hurricane, we know it's coming, like, a week yeah, or so Yeah, but we have a certain season, so that's when we're prepared. But an earthquake could happen. It just happens. Right now. But you, you should know? have, I thought that I thought that was kind of, like, a thing that you should, if you live out there, have extra. That much water, though? Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I heard this great story about this uh, guy that lived in San Francisco who was a friend of the guy who taught me how to do embalming. God rest his soul. But he... He had lived through, like, he would get a bunch of earthquakes that after, like, the 10th earthquake he had, whether it's small or big, he just started storing his liquor on the floor so that the bottles wouldn't break when the house, the apartment shook. I thought that was the most genius thing ever. That's really funny. (laughs) I would have never even thought about that. Yeah, but he just put them on the floor. Jesus. (laughs) To move to Claire for a little bit, um, we see Claire is getting her new art critiqued in class by Billy. And... You know, sort of what started in the last episode, Russell sort of butts in and not letting Claire get all the credit. Uh, if you remember what happened, do you have a side that you take of, of Russell or Claire here? I take Claire's side. Why? Because Claire, Claire invented the concept. He tore some things off, well, put them on her face, the and she said, take a picture. It's, he yeah, invented Claire, the concept. Claire owned, she executed it. See, she, okay. I knew we were going to debate this. He just, but he didn't have any meaning thing. He just put it on her and then she thought, oh, well, this would be good. And then she took it a step further. Like with the paper mache faces and so forth. Right. That's that's her taking it further. But I'm talking about when she's bringing the art to the class yeah, but he and she's getting a critique. So he, I mean, what, does he get credit? Does he get credit for tearing out pieces of paper and putting them on her face? Well, what, what what's the creation then? The art or executing the art? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. No, I, 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 that's why I, I think, I think they're both 50, 50. Like you I don't, think I don't 50, 50, not 10, 90. Well, but he 10, 90, but he created it. It'd be like if I drew something mm-hmm. and then you were like, let's publish this. Mm-hmm. Like, do you get all the credit for creating it or do I, mm-hmm. I created it and you had the idea. And again, we could like go back. I just think it's 50, 50. I don't think it, it's either or, um, yeah, cause he, he, he did it. She said, photograph this. This will be good. She could have had like an honorable mention for him. Thanks, Russell, for a little bit of the idea. But then when she heard her mom say that she's been doing this since she was a kid, you know, she put it together. Claire definitely took it a step above what her and Russell did with the paper machine mask and so forth. And then again, you hear Ruth tell her about when she was a child and so forth. But Russell's kind of, I mean, Russell's kind of, in my opinion, he's, he's being a little hostile about it. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right thing is to do. I, but I, I think I see Claire's point more. Yeah, uh, I, and and again, I don't know if there's anything like this that we could. I could just imagine helping. It would be like helping you with something, but you get all the credit for it. 
Look at that I smile. Know. <laughs> I always give you credit for helping. No, I know. I'm just saying. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it from both sides. Yeah. And I just think instead of fighting it. I just don't think it, he was helping her. He wasn't like helping her get an idea. They were just talking. But he created the idea. No, he just put the eyes. She said, wow, I'm going to take this. It, like, it, it was like a light bulb for her. And she took it further. And it sounds like, to me, it's like that's what she's presenting. I think in a court of law, it would be 50-50. Well... I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I see Claire's side more. And, you know, that... And, and then we kind of learned, too, a little bit that uh, Russell just liked the idea of just doing a, a collab with Claire. I think um, he's still... I think he's still reeling feelings for Claire. Probably And is. this is just, like, with the whole Anita hanging all over him in front of her. I think this is, like, the whole... This is just him getting back. He's just trying to get under her skin. Yeah, but, I mean, he has merit for, for what he's doing. Okay. Okay. Well, agree to disagree again. <laughs> again. Uh, Ruth comes in to drop off laundry, and Claire puts out, let's call it a joint, and she doesn't smell it until she gets all the way to the other side of the room. I thought it was really cute what Ruth said. Okay, one, bullshit. Not that. The, oh. the fact that she didn't, wouldn't, you, she would smell it from downstairs. Oh, yeah. I could smell it in other people's cars when I'm at the gas station. Yeah. I'm like, oh, someone's yeah. smoking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what does she say about it? I, uh, I always thought it was on Nathaniel, and I thought it was in bobbing fluid. That's really funny that I she thought, thought it was, was in really bobbing fluid. <laughs> she should have gotten high with her mom at that point. I thought they did. I thought they got I thought, high. I think she should have been like, you know what, mom? Why don't you take a little couple? It looks like it's, that's where it was going, where they were going to, you know. I thought that would have been a great moment. But yo, Claire is just smoking in her house. Not even cigarettes, like weed. That's weird, no? No. In an, a funeral home? She's in that carriage home. But you don't think that smell wafers out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No? She doesn't think any. David doesn't care. R- Ruth, I'm not talking apparently, about them care. I'm talking about the, the huge funeral you're going to have with it for... Oh, everybody's probably like, oh, somebody's getting high. Oh, yeah, that's, what, that's <laughs> all they'd say. Yes. <laughs> um, Let's circle back to to brenda for a little bit because we get some more chenoweth uh family uh brenda and margaret are at lunch and brenda says how she now understands how lisa and nate got along you know kind of settling for less and whatnot um and you know we see margaret get a little emotional because it reminded her of how in terms of nate and brenda about how this was her and her husband used to be uh, we started saying it before about how, how much of a history Nate and Brenda have. Taking away everything that's happening with Lisa's cremated remains and whatnot, I think Nate and Brenda, it kind of goes against like what I was saying, just the idea of like, they're like probably at their peak, you know, because they kind of know what they want. That's my ice machine. Um, they know what they want and Brenda's just like, like, they've gone through a lot of shit together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know, it's like a polished relationship. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could call it that. I agree. <laughs> I didn't know if you're going somewhere else. You're so serious tonight. I don't I'm like not, you when you're not feeling good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling well. Can I we just, take I just, urgent care? I just, no. I'll take you. Can we drive your car? Yeah. Can you drive yourself to urgent can you, care? <laughs> pick up something on the way back. <laughs> okay. Margaret, no, I, I hear what you're saying, yes. I just mean like they went through a lot together. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like I, I the idea of like of it being a payoff for like sticking through it. Yes. What I mean is they don't have 
you know, it's not like, oh, I don't know if she likes me. I don't know if I like whatever. They kind of went through all that shit That's together. Right. That's I don't right. know. That's why I don't think it's unreasonable that she's already asking to have a child. It, yeah. It, it, like everything I just said, like supports that. Mm-hmm. But then I throw in there like his wife died a year earlier. Okay. You know, I just. Okay. Do you have any idea what's going on with Brenda's, I'm um, sorry, Margaret's bleeding? Yes. she's having. She needs to have a hysterectomy. Can you explain to me what a hysterectomy is? I don't know what it is. Oh, oh. Um, uh, it's a removal of your uterus. It's gone. So she just started bleeding and that's a cue? No, she's been having some things happen to her. Okay. Sometimes when... Some, when, when um, so I believe that she's probably going through the change of life, which is menopause. Right. And um, maybe... Or she's getting... She thinks she's getting ready to go through menopause. Whatever. Her bleeding um, has been probably a little much. And then obviously she finally says that it has been a lot. So something's happening internally with the uterus and they need to remove it. That's when she makes a comment of I'm no longer a woman. Right, right. Because that happened. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sad. At the hospital room, we say Olivier again. And I think it's his speech, by the way. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's exactly where I was going. I it breaks my heart that she thinks because she doesn't have a uterus that she's not a woman. She's not. She's not. She's not less. And then not at all. She's still a woman. That does not make you less of a woman. What her kids try to comfort her, blah blah blah. But it was him, right? His words of comfort were the best thing I've ever heard on the show forever. Forever. I loved it. I thought it was like so real and so it was passion. Yeah, and, it, and that's kind of how Olivier has been. Uh, but if you kind of like, I thought it was funny that Olive, every time Olivier would talk, and he his this this line he tells to Margaret, the line is what uh, he's sitting here waiting to see how long it's going to take for them for her to recover so they could have sex again, that and a little was, bit more more great. vulgar language, but loved it. But what I uh, Olivier has been saying that stuff all the time to Claire and Russell. Yeah, they just don't buy it because they're not as down with him mm-hmm. but the person who adores it and loves it so yeah. much is margaret i just, just thought, thought that's it like was really nice. like ironic of how i liked it i liked his words of comfort um it, it, the cafeteria in the hospital i can't remember if we learned this before but did we know before that billy slept with olivier no i did this not is like that. the first time we're learning of that right i did not know that hey before we go to that was there any type of symbolism about the um white lilies <laughs> those are casablanca lilies right that, uh, that they brought her? If they are, I think the only thing about that, and just to, if you remember the same way they go to grab the bread at the same time, because uh-huh. they both bring her the same flowers. Okay. Brenda and Billy are one in the same. I just didn't know if those lilies meant anything about... For women or whatnot, I was just curious if you if there was if you saw anything written about that. No, the, the only thing I did see is I like I was like, oh, they brought the same flowers and they both go for the bread at the same yeah. time. So they are children of they are channel with children and they're yeah. both crazy. Yeah. You know, Billy mm-hmm. especially. Brenda's just a little bit less crazy than Billy mm-hmm. to the point where, you know. Well, that's good. That's a good way to put it. Uh, it. I mean, maybe someone could could write into us and let us know. But I think Olivier is the show leader in amount of people, characters he's had sex <laughs> with. Russell, Billy, and Margaret. Yeah. He slept with Russell. Mm-hmm. And we find out he slept with Billy. And then, obviously, he's been sleeping with Margaret. And um, that, that one teacher that Claire had to drive out to. Remember they had tequila in the desert? Oh, yeah. And another one, too. Yep. Yeah. That's four. So if... I mean, Nate is like who? Brenda, Lisa, that one random character from that episode of the uh, the death penalty. That's three. I don't know. I was just like, wow. And then Olivier. the other... The lady that we had that debate on, 
who we met at the bar after everything happened. Oh, got yeah, up. yeah. So maybe, maybe so they're more, neck and neck. I guess more major characters. Mm-hmm. And again, how many people have Claire slept with? Because it's been like Gabe, Billy, Russell, Jimmy, kind of Edie. That's There's five. no kind of Edie. They didn't do right, anything. right. Well, fair enough. I don't know if you could tell on the podcast, but we just did the magic of the pause button because <laughs> I, I had to take a break. Um, it reminds me to say there's a podcast out there uh, about the Sopranos. It's called No Fucking ZD. Mm-hmm. If you know about the show, you know that line. Um, they split their podcast into two parts. Um, I, just think it's re- I wanted to do that when I switched up everything with the season four, but um, that's how it would have gone. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. So you know. <laughs> okay, thanks, for, uh, thanks for sharing. No, I want ZD. I don't know. Yeah, I do want ZD. I'm too. hungry. Um, let's do David. And we see here that Roger is suing David for 500000 <laughs> The reasoning is great. Uh, an irreplaceable earring, emotional distress, reoccurring nightmares, and not being able to enter a sushi establishment. And loss of a golden hoop earring. Irreplaceable yeah. golden hoop earring. I love David's response to it, too. Like, Who wears it was a just, hoop earring? <laughs> <laughs> Who does wear earrings? Do you like earrings and guys? Do you wear earrings? I had to. Uh-huh. Uh, this ear, I had to. Uh-huh. Um... I loved it in high school, and then I was like, this is stupid, and I just took it out. It's not my thing on men. Jewelry, period, on men is not my thing, besides a great watch and uh, a ring. But earrings, I think earrings were a thing on men in the 90s. Yeah, 90s and 2000s, because the Backstreet Boys still had them. Wow. Uh, I think I got an earring, a hoop earring, because of Shaquille O'Neal, and I wanted my hoop to be really big. And my, I remember my mother being like, if you got a hoop the size of Shaq's, like you could put your torso through it. Like, get this little hoop and jump. Do you have any pictures of yourself? With oh, that? I do. Let's yeah, definitely. I remember. Oh my god! And then I had, I remember me and my friend cut school to go to New York City <laughs> to get our second hole pierced. Uh-huh. Like you couldn't do it without an eighteen uh-huh. you know, parents' permission, whatever. But there was one place in the city that could do it. <laughs> um, oh my god! And then we went to a Catholic high school. So we had to put those things in to keep the hole open. Those like little plastic Ew. clear things. Yeah. Like just to keep it open. So yeah. And then it, the second we got out of school, we, like, we, we had this <laughs> little box and we had to replace it. That's, That's so funny. really funny. Um, when they're, they're, they're in the, I don't know, the lawyer's office negotiating whatnot. You see, you kind of see. Uh, let me ask you, do you remember how the story ended up? Like while you're watching it? Like, you know, you knew what was going to happen Mm -hmm. because you see Roger like eyeing Keith the entire time. And Keith is calm, cool and collective. Yeah. He knows what's happening. I think like Keith knew it the entire time. I think that that's what happens a lot with Keith. (laughs) I think it's happened quite a bit that he can pick up on it pretty quickly now. That men want to sleep with him? Yes. Just because he's a handsome, big black guy? Yes. Oh. Police officer. Oh, I get. Yeah, I guess. police officer too. I guess so. Yeah. Um. And I just have in my notes here, and it's just sort of the same thing. We're watching the the part where David freaks out when they're in they're at how they're mm-hmm. at home and they're cooking, and Keith is like, "Just calm down." Yeah. But it's like the way David's acting, mm-hmm. like it may as well have happened already, because like he's you out know, of control. He's having an anxiety attack. Yeah. Um, oops, sorry. For those the podcast. are good. I think those are Ayurvedic breathing treatments that um, Keith was giving David. Made sense. The way nice. David freaks out about this. Yeah. You know, he's just like, oh, this is, you know, he takes it from, you know, he's there's literally ins- having an anxiety attack. Right. Do you think there's some of David in you? No. No. Nope. New you've question. Never, you, you've Next never, question. <laughs> you've, never, you've never freaked out like David. I don't freak out about it. I'm so, you've I never, I, you've I never, never sweat this. the small stuff. Why you are you beating me up? You know, <laughs> I freak out about 
everything. Did you say you don't sweat the small stuff? Yeah. I think you only sweat the small <laughs> I stuff. I only sweat the small stuff. How many times have I come crying in the prep room to you? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. I can't believe you have to call me out every episode. I just, if it's not a Big Mac, it's my anxiety. And that Big Mac, what is it again? Nope. Okay. Next question. Uh, when they meet for dinner, you sort of get the idea of what Roger wants. Oh, yes, I do. Um, you know, and Keith picks up on this. And I mean, if you remember how we met Roger, the way he was like sort of berating the wait staff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I, I couldn't word this perfectly or the way I, what I really want to say is, but it's like I feel like Roger is one of these people who has tons load of money. Yep. And he wants to get people to do for him what he wants. That's right. So, you know, he want you know, I think like if you go through the timeline of it, David bit his ear and I don't think he was going to sue. Well, I guess he was going to sue regardless. But then once he saw Keith involved, he was like, you know what? I don't need the money, but I want him. He gets what he wants. He uses yeah. his money and power. He's disgusting. I mean, this He's is disgusting. like legalized prostitution. No, it's not almost. legalized prostitution. No, I, me, I mean, like, I mean, it's slavery. It's uh, like yeah, he's like yeah. forcing them into. I mean, doing, well, he's not forcing, right? Well, you not forcing me with the five hundred thousand dollar lawsuit where I would lose my entire life. That's forcing. Yes, I, I, I guess. I, I but it, regardless, that's kind of like the person Roger is. Like that wait He's staff, a horrible human being. Like that wait staff, mm-hmm. they're below him. That's right. And he wants what he wants now. Roger is a horrible human being. Yeah. And and I don't blame Keith for having to do what he had to do. I mean, I mean, you got to do one for the team, right? Yeah, but you know, I just wish that. I wish that they could they could just write a check in for five hundred thousand and not give him his way. Yeah, but that's that power that those that rich people can can play with, you know. But between even the lawyer looked at him and said, "You don't want this to go to trial because right. it's going to be too expensive." He's got um, uh, Roger has money at his disposal. Keith and David couldn't lose not Keith, but David would lose everything, yeah. including a family owned business. That'd be Fisher and Pasquazi yeah. funeral. <laughs> It's That's just, crazy. it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. But, 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 How wealth but, can but control you. What we are kind of just throwing to the side, mm-hmm. is David legit? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know, rip this guy's yes, ear he did. Up, you know what I mean? Yes, he did. And is that worth 500000 I mean, who's to say? Listen, what number, somebody what number ripped is my it ear, worth? And I would probably do the same thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. I would want to sue as well too. Yeah. David, this is David's fault. This is all David's fault. Roger, I'm just saying in general, is a horrific human being. He's a bad person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't like his personality. I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Those aren't the people that I want to hang out with. Uh, kind of weird for Keith to unload on Roger about David. Well, I think he's at his wit's end. He's what? I think he's at his wit's end. What's that mean? Like he's done. He's done with what? He's done what he's he's going crazy over David. You heard oh. what he said. I just found it weird that like, I mean, I feel like he's like kind of giving Roger ammo about David. Because mm-hmm. if I was yo, if I was Roger, I'd press on about this. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, Ro- like, but oh, Roger yeah, yeah. doesn't care. No, I know, but I'd be like, oh, the. I mean, I I I think this is what happens with him. He just keeps dangling that lawsuit. Yeah, and he just keeps thinking it's gonna hang there, hang there. And it I was a funny comment that he made, though. But make sure your husband's not biting my cat. <laughs> <laughs> to, to circle back to Nate's storyline, um, Barb and Hoyt are at dinner with uh, Nate and Brenda, and Barb brings up the cremator remains not being processed. Uh, knowing that we were going to talk about this part, mm-hmm. right? 
my question here is why didn't Nate stick with the lie? Like, why would you get I, this far mm-hmm. and now unravel everything? Well, because here's a few things. I was thinking about this. Too. I knew we were going to talk about this. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time um, focusing. One, Barb has no legal rights to Lisa's cremated remains or the decision making. It was Nate. Nate was married. That was that was his spouse. He was the legal next to Ken and he was paying for everything. So why he said he cremated her, I don't know, because he could have looked at them and said, this is not what's going to happen. But whatever, that's fine. She comes, she's asking questions because the funeral director started, you know, put some panic in them. She's asking questions and she's like, well, I would, I will need to reach out to the crematory. At that point, I would have said, no, Barb, thank you for bringing it to my attention. I will handle it and let it go. I have no idea because the crematory is not going to talk to Barb anyways. Right. I mean, she can do all she wants, but it's not going to happen. I just at that point would have just shut her down and said, I'll look into it. Thank you for bringing it to my attention and moved on. But nope, he had to, he just, he ended up spilling the beans and creating so many problems for him. Right. And, and I mean, what, what you said was, what did he think he was that she was going to be like, Oh, okay. Hold on. Well, what, everything you just said was insightful. And I don't mean this to be like, to be a dickhead comment. What you said is right. And I, I didn't even factor in like she's not entitled to, not any, entitled of this. to any of this. So this is not like a dickhead comment. But my question to come back to Nate is why would Nate? Because Nate didn't go, I'm next of kin, peace. Nate was like, no, no, it's fine. She was cremated. She was. All right, listen, guys, she wasn't. Because he. Like, what, what I'm saying is like, like commit to the lie or don't. Or don't. I think that he, I, by the way, didn't know what you were asking. I was just putting, I know. I, I, I just didn't want, I, I didn't want you to think but I ignored my, your comment. The thing is, your comment is was, his, was well. my point was on top of all of that. Why didn't he just stick with the lie? Probably because he feels guilty about lying about what he did. But he didn't, what he didn't feel guilty like two minutes, like 20 seconds earlier when he was I like, know. you know what I mean? I, I, again, again, it's Hollywood. You got to give the show yeah. liberties. This show you know, there's no storyline in, in Nate being like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's where sure, it ends. Sure. This is going to, you know, create to a bigger yeah. storylines and whatnot. Um, I have no idea. Maybe it was just something that was weighing on his soul. Maybe he just, Nate's a but least canon too. Like, like I, what you're saying makes sense, but it wasn't weighing on his soul the second she brought it up. Because he was like, yeah. oh, is that weird? Oh, that's okay. Like right there, she was like, okay. It's not like it would have been weighing, you know. I don't know why he but, did um, let But me, let, me, let me bring something too. Is going back to last episode, um, you know, everything that Nate did and all that. Why? So Nate and and um, David are doing this. And if you remember to the first episode, they put her cremated remains in a temporary container and gave it to her. Mm-hmm. If you're Nate, especially David, right? And let's say Nate, why wouldn't you place those cremated remains in an urn, a sealed urn and give it to them like that? Or you know reprocess what I mean? them. Or, pro- or or just I'm saying like so the fact that they could never see the cremator remains. Yeah. Like that that's like a loose thread that no they idea. gave to her to I don't know why they did that. You know what I'm saying? Like like once Nate and David mm-hmm. know the plan is, like, all right, how do we make sure this never happens, mm-hmm. you know? Um Yeah, and that's besides the point too that I don't know, I just was like, just lie. It's yeah like you've gone this far. Why just lie. Now? You just yep. tell you could help make up something to bro. All right, talk to the crematory. The yeah. processor was down that yeah. day. Yep. They there knew I wanted the cremator remains back. There quick. you go. And if you really need to confess it, tell Brenda. But did yeah. I, I just yeah. don't know what he thought Barb and Hoyt were gonna be like, oh okay. Okay, cool, bro. Now let cool me say story, bro. Let me say this too. There's a part of Nate 
that is sort of commendable of what he did. I mean, right? Because lying, lying is the right thing, so no one gets stirred up, but there's some honor in telling the truth. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I think this is one of those scenarios where if you didn't know any better, mm-hmm. like does, does you praying to the er, where the urn is and you visiting Lisa, quote unquote, does it really change? Because all it matters is what you think inside, whether or not it's there. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my PlayStation could be my, my memory to my lost mother. Yes. And it doesn't matter if she's not in you. there. It's yeah. just what I hold yeah. value in, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just, it, I think it's really funny. You know, Barb just keeps going on and raises a lot of questions, but then the way Hoyt comes back Nate's and he's like, Nate, raises, raises a lot, lot of questions. questions. <laughs> like, um, There's almost like a comedy routine, whatever. <laughs> um, Brenda, and this is the part that kind of like bothered me a little bit. Brenda makes this about her. So like they leave, right? And Nate's just like, oh, fuck, he's worrying about all this. And Brenda's like, hey, why don't you let me in? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt for Nate just being like, Yo, can I deal with one fucking catastrophe <laughs> at a moment? Like, can I not deal with you wanting yes, a child yes, and my, and my ex-wife's family? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, God. Um, when Nate, when, when Barb and Hoyt come to take Maya, do you think that was a bit overboard? Are you joking? That was extreme. You, extreme. <laughs> overboard. Oh, right, right, Yeah, right. that was ridiculous. I mean, what Nate did, right? Do you think that changes him as a parent? Not at all. Right? Not at all. I can understand them being super upset about it. Yeah. But like no one in the world has Maya's best interest more mm-hmm. than Nate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And while I can understand what Barb thinks and why Barb would want to take her, no one's going to, you know, that's his kid, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a little overboard the way they just it's come. extremely overboard. I can't believe he told her that he buried her in the desert. And what was the fact that he was still going on about the Joshua, Joshua trees? Joshua tree. I don't even know I, what a Joshua tree is. I, I, I mean, know, I know it's that's a, a U two album. I, that's the only thing I knew about a Joshua tree. Maybe that's what he meant. <laughs> is he was, by the U two? We should you know, Google that. We should. There's so many things I should have Googled today. Um, at the funeral for for this this family, I do not know those caskets because I know you're going to ask me. Yeah, it was too. I covered. couldn't. I couldn't tell. My question was going to be: Is what's the largest? same person funeral you've done two two right yeah no i've only done like husband and wife Mm -hmm. where they they die within a day of each other or even same day Mm -hmm. i've never done like an accident where they both die yeah um but the room does sort of look like this where Mm -hmm. you don't have like i meant like the the cast the casket uh, for me the -hmm. caskets are facing i don't know how do you say that i don't know (laughs) i'm doing the hand motion here but this is not a visual medium yeah no that it's like a it's like an upside down v yeah, let's it's call it head, like that, toe, like that. head, toe. Yeah, so that you can open. That's okay. for two. But for a family like this, you usually do uh, one parent, child, one parent, child. So there's different setups. What do you mean, one parent, child? Well, the way that you would set up the room so that you pass through. It's kind of in the middle. Oh, that's right, right. and that is that is not a factual thing for every funeral home. That's just right. that's suggested uh, setups. Um. And just sort of like I was saying, and there's like 20 people there again. Two young children died. Yeah, there's 20 people there. You know what though? If we're at the point where we're at the funeral, <sighs> and so many liberties have been given at this I point, know, it's like you I know, know, I know. I just it, whatever. Um, just kind of like I was saying at the start of the episode, the theme of the episode, we see that at the funeral, um, you know, he's talking about his family, and Nate takes it as you know, this is going to happen to you one day, and you know, you're going to lose your family. Yeah. 
And, and then we see how like that kind of affects Nate where he comes home to Brenda and he's just like, no, we're not having a kid. Not now. Like, you know, and it just, it's kind of like preventing him from where, where it's, it might as well have happened. Whatever, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. court or whatever they're going to do or they're going to take Maya away mm-hmm. the way Nate's acting, you know. That's that little seven. If he truly is seventeen, which I don't, I don't remember hearing that he was seventeen, but that young kid gave a, gave a beautiful eulogy and to stand up again with his whole family gone. I don't know how that kid would have even been I, standing. Couldn't <laughs> stand there, and I'm the funeral director. I'd be overwhelmed with sadness. But how he would do that? Just to go back to like Brenda, you know, she's like hugging on Nate, and then Nate's like, "Hey, not now, no kids." And Brendan just sort of seems pissed off. I mean, I know I know. every time I bring it up, I go like two different ways. But I mean, like his wife's, his ex-wife's, his deceased wife's sister just uh, found out what his real plan is. And all she wants is, hey, are we having a kid? Yeah. I don't know. Like you can't just not letting the situation breathe at all is whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's actually a better way of putting it all. Not letting the situation breathe. Just let it breathe. Just give, yes. give Nate a week. Yeah. When <laughs> like, you, you know? say it like that, then I agree with you. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Rico. I think <laughs> I think the Rico storyline was literally repeated. It was. And okay. all you repeat, all you replace is Kenny Sims with his sister. Yeah. And that she stayed the night out. Yeah. And that so. was like a nice line. Like, yeah. you know, you could fucking stay the whole night because I'm not coming, you yeah. know. Yeah. I have nothing to have add nothing about to their storyline. They're like working nothing. their stuff out the end. Their their storyline is, yeah. it, 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 I don't know, just like the whole season to get to this point. It's like, ah. Uh, yeah. Like nothing happened. Just nothing. Place. She stayed night out. That's our, it. our episode concludes with Keith coming home, David at the table, really out of it. And... We think Roger put the lawsuit back on, but we find out that they arrested Jake uh, from That's My Dog episode. I mean, it leads to something really big less next week. Uh, I guess any other thoughts on that or this episode? No, I'm just looking forward to next week's episode. Um, I, thought, I thought it was a good episode. I'm kind of on my, my seat about the cream, what's going to happen with all that. Oh, man, I think it gets wrapped up in a way you would never suspect. And I was telling my girlfriend, Marissa, like... Six feet under doesn't do doesn't do huge uh, plot change like plot or like nah what do you call them plot twist mm-hmm. where you know all of a sudden you find out that Barb is an alien like you know they don't do anything like that this storyline gets wrapped up like you you don't you don't you watch the show and you don't even remember what happens I don't do you no do you know who's involved no great yeah so it's a huge shocker next weekend. I guess we'll be talking about that next week. And again, I love that next week's episode is called Untitled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a great a great end to the season. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And what's been... Oh, my God. Can you talk? Yeah. It's, it's been a good season four. And I really hope you start feeling better. You sure you don't want me to take you to urgent care? Somebody needs a Z-Pack. And with all that being okay. said, um, <laughs> we will be back next week to finish out season four. And then we have some stuff to talk about because then we will be in the home stretch of the Six Feet Under series and they are also 12 episodes and and then we'll be starting the Digging Golden Girls podcast so sure, we're looking sure. forward to everybody listening sure that <laughs> kind of sounds like a podcast oh I my know god I'm I can't wait till you feel better <laughs> oh god thank you for bearing with us me more importantly and we will talk to you next week thank you everyone tell me Thank you.
listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. Oh,